And welcome everybody to Switch Joy Radio, episode six. We got a big show for you today. Coming up on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about some Nintendo Switch patent infringement and what uh, could be going on with that. Gamespot is in the news uh, since Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze rather is coming out tomorrow or probably today by the time the show is up. Uh, there's been some review disparity between the Wii U version and the uh, Switch version uh, as far as Gamespot's review, so we'll get into some of that. Uh, Nintendo's new incoming president has some big mobile ambitions, and we'll go, uh, get into what some of that means. And Fortnite rumors are abound on Nintendo Switch, and we'll get into some of that. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Chevalier, and joining me is Alex Rigsby. Hello, everyone. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. It's been a while. How you been? Not too bad. Tired, had a long good. day, but I'm definitely ready to talk some news and talk some uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh man, I bet. I feel you. Um, I just got finished watching uh, Black Panther for like the third time and it's still good. Awesome. You seen Infinity War yet? What's that? Have you seen Infinity War yet? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I want to go back and see it again, but um, yes, phenomenal. No spoilers, but it's great. That's good to hear because I, admittedly, I am. <sighs> Not up to date on all the Marvel movies, I, literally all of them. Yeah. I think the last one I've seen was Iron Man three, which was I don't even what? want to know how long ago that was. Uh, so yeah, I've got some catching up to do. In fact, one of my uh, one of my good friends uh, sent me a, a video. I think it was like a sort of like a recap, like a twenty minute long recap of kind of all the movies. So I know that's probably not the best way to go. I probably should just watch them all. But for uh, for time's sake, I think I might just watch that and then probably go see Infinity War this weekend. Oh my gosh, please tell me you've seen at least one of the Guardians movies. I've seen like half of Guardians 1. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm, I'm so bad. Like, I shouldn't even be admitting this on air. but <laughs> They're so good. Guardians 1 is fantastic. You have to watch it. No, what I've seen is great. I just haven't... I, th- I think So what it was, I think it was over at my friend's house and we were watching it and uh, got interrupted for one reason or another and just never got, got back to it, so... Yeah, Oops. yeah. Well, get back into it. No, definitely will. Like I said, I'll be catching that recap and then hopefully seeing Infinity War this weekend, and uh, I'll have to go back at some point and watch all the other uh, all the other movies. Yeah, do it, do it, and avoid Facebook because spoilers abound. Yeah, I've already seen, and it's probably not too spoilery. I don't even know what it is, but I just see these memes all over the place, and I'm like, ah, that seems kind of like a spoiler. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to mention what the meme is, but you probably probably know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of Infinity War memes. Um, it's, it's all anyone can talk about right now. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out later. All right, so before we get into the show, some housekeeping for you. Just a reminder, we are a bi-weekly show. Well, I say we're bi-weekly, but this is actually the first episode in a while. But in a perfect world, we are a bi-weekly show available for viewing and download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SwitchJoy.net, and of course, YouTube.com slash SwitchJoy. If you like that, be a part of the show and leave us a question or comment. You can head over to switchjoy.net slash radio, fill out the form there, and be a part of the show, and we'll answer, uh, answer your questions on air. So with that said, let's jump right into the news. Uh, at the top of the list here, we have uh, some drama with uh, Nintendo Switch patent infringement. This is from Nintendo Life, and I'm just going to kind of read a quick blurb here. GameVice, a company who created detachable gaming controllers for the iPhone, has filed another claim with the U.S. International Trade Commission, which has now agreed to look further into the matter. The ITC has announced it is investigating certain portable gaming console systems with attachable handheld controllers and components thereof, 
and that it has not yet made any decision on the merits of the case. GameVice is asking for the U.S. to block all imports of Nintendo Switch based on said patent infringement. And when uh, asked for comment, Nintendo had nothing to say on this. Um, so I just kind of wanted to pose the question to you, Alex. I mean, what do what do we think this means? Does this case have any standing? Um, I mean, I don't I don't think it really means anything. We were talking about it a little bit before. Um, there was a a suit a while back with a Nintendo Wii, I believe, with the Wii remotes uh, right. that. Uh, that somebody else had brought. Um, and I, I don't think that that ended up going very far. I think it went to trial, but uh, Nintendo ended up winning that suit. Um, from what I've seen of the game vice, it just looks like very similar to the switch. You have like two controllers that are connecting on either side of a mobile phone. Um, but I mean, I think that as far as I know, and I do happen to be an attorney, but I'm not this type of attorney. Um, (laughs) But as far as I know, and from what I've heard regarding intellectual property, um, you have to have it to where a patent has to be, um, to bring a patent matter to court, you have to have it where the device in question is, uh, or the idea rather, is sufficiently similar to the uh, one in contention. So if a uh, court were to find that the game vice uh, were sufficiently similar to uh, the Nintendo Switch with the Joy-Con attaching on either side of the tablet controller or the tablet device, then, you know, possibly maybe uh, they would have legal standing. But to whether Nintendo would actually have to pay any damages uh, to this company, I, I don't think so. I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And I mean, I, I, to me, the... the the biggest and most interesting part of all of this is that uh, not only they're fi- filing a suit here, but GameVice is trying to block uh, U.S. imports of the Nintendo Switch. So, I mean... Yeah, it, that's crazy. In in a world where this would actually be granted, I mean, this would be... This, I think this would be catastrophically detrimental to, to Nintendo in the U.S. I mean, Switch is, you know, I, I think by everybody's estimation, a... Runaway hit, of course. You know, as we've seen over the past year with sales, I think what are we? What are we uh, get? I think last Seven, last count 17. was. Were you going to say seventeen? I kind of, I, yeah. I thought I last I heard it was like around seventeen million. Yeah, that, yeah, that's sounding right to me. And that's you know, just to put that in perspective, uh, Wii U sold thirteen and a half million lifetime, I believe. It did, so, yeah. So yeah, that just that just speaks to the runaway success that Switch has been uh, over the past year. Um, but if, if this ever were to have a standing and if game Vice were to get granted that, uh, that import block, I mean, that would, that would be hugely detrimental to Nintendo. Um, but like you said, it, it doesn't seem like it's probably going to, it doesn't really have any standing. Um, Nintendo's had, you know, these patent fights in courts, uh, many times over and they've won just about every time. So. Right. Exactly. Probably nothing, nothing too worrisome, but it's de- definitely, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about it, right? Just because you know, the, the potential this could have um, if, if Game Vice were to win this suit could, could be very impactful to Nintendo's business. Oh, yeah, that'd be scary. Like, if, if you couldn't have uh, Nintendo Switch uh, being out in foreign markets, uh, that would hurt Nintendo a lot, especially since this was kind of their, their comeback story um, after... I mean, I love my Wii U. It's still hooked up, but, I mean, there's it's not controversial to say that it was not the biggest success. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, just 
this the, I don't know. I mean, this the thing that the other thing that comes to mind when I think about this is you know historically Nintendo. It, it, I think the best examples of late would be the. Uh, not so much the SNES Classic, because that's actually been pretty readily available, but uh, in terms of the NES Classic and the Amiibo sort of shortage and scarcity, um, I mean, God, what 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 would happen if, uh, in the U.S. in particular, Switch wasn't able to be sold in the U.S.? I mean, just, just imagine people scalping the, you know, raising the prices on eBay, trying to sell these things, you know, uh, secondhand. Yeah, like, I mean, insane. Go from worse, worse than it is. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said worse than it already is. Um, only I only bring that up because my girlfriend actually purchased her Nintendo Switch off of eBay uh, wow. recently, but at a reasonable price. But but people are already selling them on eBay. So yeah, I mean if you if you get people you know trying to sell an NES Classic which retailed for what sixty dollars for several hundred, I mean you know that I, I can only imagine what they try to sell a three hundred dollar Switch for. You know, yeah, crazy. So hopefully the uh hopefully Game Vice doesn't have a suit here. I mean and I mean to be completely honest, this could just be a sort of a cash grab on Game Vice's part. I mean I don't wanna, you know by any means slander their company what they're trying to do, but I mean this could just be a move of desperation to just try to I don't know, get their company in the news or get something out of Nintendo. But Oh, I mean I absolutely think that's what it is. I think that's probably the the real reason that this has been done. Like like who was talking about game device or I'm sorry, game vice before this, you know, I think that's probably the larger issue at hand here is, Oh, well now everyone's comparing us to this hugely successful uh, product. Um, so yeah, I think you're right on that. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, see where this goes and definitely, uh, definitely keep, keep all, all of our listeners abreast of what's going on with this. If it, well, once any new developments happen, Next up on the list, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh, GameSpot's in the news because there is a little bit of uh, controversy going on between their review scores for the Wii U version and the upcoming Switch version. Um, So for those who haven't heard, uh, GameSpot put their their, uh, Donkey Kong Country review up for Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think embargo broke Monday? Monday or Tuesday, I think it was. Um, No, it was the first, so that would have been Tuesday. Yeah, Embargo broke on Tuesday, and uh, they put up their review. They gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, but a lot of people are sort of bringing that into question because they gave the Wii U version back in 2014, they gave that a 6 out of 10. Uh, so people are up in arms, to say the least, over the uh, uh, just kind of wondering why there's such a disparity. Um, and I just kind of wanted to bring that up. I think there are a couple reasons for that. Um, I think the biggest reason is... They're different reviewers. I mean, two two different people reviewed each version of the game. So, I mean, uh, coming from a person who has done quite a few game reviews, um, my opinion, you know, just because I give a game, uh, for example, a seven out of ten, doesn't mean uh, you, Alex, would give the, the you know the game that same rating. Just because we have different backgrounds that we come from, we uh, have a different perspective on certain games. I'm sure. So, I think that's just part and parcel of reviewing games is, you know, being that two people might not necessarily see a certain game the same way. And of course, isn't going to review it the same way necessarily. No, absolutely. And I think that kind of just says like where we're at in terms of, uh, of reviews. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just, it's different people. 
Like, um, I mean, we were talking a little bit about uh, Kind of Funny, for example. If you go to Kind of Funny and you listen to their, you know, review impressions on God of War, for example, um, Tim Geddes is going to have a different impression on God of War and a different take than Greg Miller is. Sure. Um, and you don't go there and think, you know, oh, well, Kind of Funny hates God of War. Um, yet, for whatever reason, when you go to IGN or GameSpot or wherever, and they give a game a 7 out of 10, a 6 out of 10, a 5 out of 10, you know, whatever, uh, which a 7 out of 10, not a bad score at all, but some people think, you know, if you're not 8 or above, then it's, it's you know, unforgivable. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, th those individual people are individual people. And if you go to IGN, um, if you like IGN, the reason you should be going to IGN, in my opinion, is because you like the people there um, and you follow their careers just like uh, you and I have done for so long with uh, with Greg and, and Jared Petty and these guys who were at IGN. Um, and you like the people there and you get to know the people there and how they review games. Um, and just because a review is assigned to a certain reviewer, um, and that reviewer gives it a certain score, that shouldn't reflect poorly on the website as a whole. And it shouldn't even reflect poorly on the person because frankly, there are just certain types of games that certain people don't like. Um, I mean, it, it's all subjective. Review scores are subjective. We're just learning that in 2018, apparently. No, exactly. I mean, you, you kind of hit it right there. I mean, um... I mean, I think the, the other issue that it comes down to is that uh, this is the internet in 2018 and people are going to complain about whatever they want for no reason. Um, sure. I mean, you know, to be fair, you know, Switch Joy, my outlet here is is by no means any kind of... Uh, the, we don't have a large presence, let's just put it that way. Um, I've... You know, my, my videos have only gotten, you know, a couple thousand views at best. Um, and I, I most of the comments I get on my reviews are, you know, hey, great review, or hey, like, you know, really interesting take. But, of course, you know, there, there aren't too many, just because I don't have that far of a reach. But, of course, every now and again, there's going to be, you know, some asshole in the comments saying, you know, oh, why'd you give the game this? So, a perfect example was I reviewed, um, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name now. Uh, the, uh, I have to go look this up. I can't remember the name of that game. Sexy Brutal. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. reviewed Sexy Brutal on Switch and I gave it a nine out of 10, um, which was at least in my community, a little controversial because of the severe frame rate issues. Um, mm. to me, yeah, frame rate issues can be very annoying and actually detrimental in certain games like a first person shooter or something you know, imagine if Splatoon 2 on Switch ran at, you know, ch you know, chugged it like 10 to 15 frames per second. Like, that would that would be unplayable because you, in that type of game, you need to be able to move around. You need that sort of flu fluidity, right? Right. So, in a game like the Sexy Brutal, you don't really, I mean, at least to me, the frame rate didn't, that you know, it didn't detrimentally impact my experience of the game. I still had a lot of fun with it. It still was... Um, I, I don't think I've played a game since that has made me really think about the medium in such a, diff such a different way with just a lot of the systems that it puts in place with the um, reversing time mechanic and the um, just the, the so many factors going on at once that you have to run around and try to manipulate and have everything kind of 
fall into this perfect domino effect. Um, that game, it, it does so many things well that, to me, the frame rate doesn't really impact that. It, it Suffice to say that that game does so much, so much well that I would gladly take a hit in frame rate to keep all the other systems and all the other things that it does well. So that's why I reviewed that game pretty high. And, of course, people were saying, this game's unplayable because of the frame rate. Why would you give it a 9 out of 10? Well, just like you said, it's subjective. To me, I really enjoyed that game, and the frame rate didn't uh, detrimentally affect my experience. Now, had somebody else review it? I'm, I'm sure other reviews are out there for the Switch version that probably gave it a much lower score than I did. But, again, it all comes down to that subjectivity. So I think, yeah, I, I, I think that's the I think that's the... The crux of the issue here is that, you know, kind of like we've been talking about, it's it's two different reviewers, two different people. Um, not only that, uh, the new Switch version has updated features. It's got the uh, Funky Kong in there for that new Funky mode. Um, right, yeah. Every Everything's got the new Funky mode now. Yeah, absolutely. Why shouldn't they? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got that, and, and I mean, I guess it, does, it doesn't necessarily change, change the game itself too much, but now having this game completely portable i think is i think that should be taken into account and if it if it works well in handheld mode that should bump the score up as far as i'm concerned right right absolutely and i mean i i i think that it's again we were talking about the wii u a little bit i do think that that game came out in a period where people were kind of down on nintendo and it's it's kind of not crazy to think about a world in where people were thinking, you know, they were influenced by the fact that the Wii U was not particularly popular and, you know, was kind of just a quirky little console. So I can imagine a world in which a Wii U game, a Wii U exclusive game back then comes out and it's like, oh, it's okay. You know, a six is okay. It's not bad. Um, and, and, you know, now when everyone is high on Nintendo, this amazing, I I have not played the game, but I'm assuming since it was a Wii U port that it's 60 frames per second. I don't know that for a fact. Um, but I'm assuming, you know, this, this beautiful, glorious 3D platformer that a lot of people were heralding as one of the greatest 3D platformers of all time back then, with the exception of GameSpot, um, (laughs) I'm assuming that this game comes out on Switch at such a high point in Nintendo's life that that of course it's going to, you know, get a 9. Um and again, it's a different reviewer. But quick note on the Sexy Brutal, um I actually have not played that game, but I listened to some impressions from Jim Sterling and he loves that game. So I just want to echo what you were saying. I've heard that it's a phenomenal game. So I don't, I don't think that you were wrong at all to give that game high marks, for the record. Much appreciated, as always. Um, yeah, on, on Donkey Kong, I actually wanted to uh, give a quick shout-out to a uh, YouTuber by the name of Mark Brown. He has a, uh, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a channel or just a series he does, it's called Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, this video, I actually, uh, someone posted it in a, Facebook, a gaming Facebook group I'm a part of, and... Uh, the video is called Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Mario's Level Design Evolved. And it actually, it's a, about a 12-minute video. It, it actually breaks down, and this is uh, this is on the original Wii U version, so this is, isn't even taking into, into account the new version. Um, but it basically sort of breaks down uh, the level design of Tropical Freeze and compares it to Mario and actually kind of 
you know, I won't go into too much detail, but it basically shows where uh, a lot of the uh, 2D Mario games, and in particular the uh, the new quote unquote uh, new Super Mario Brothers games that we've seen since the Wii, um, how that level design sort of is kind of samey, whereas uh, seemingly a lot more love and care and attention has been put into the level design of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. So I, I would uh, recommend everyone check that out. If you're on the fence about uh, whether or not to pick this game up on Switch, I would highly recommend check out this video and just uh, just take a look at how much care and love was put into the level design here. And uh, honestly, th- watching this video has actually uh, uh, been one of the determining factors uh, leading me to purchase the game this weekend. So just wanted to give that a quick shout out. All right, I think we pretty much covered everything there. Uh, next up on the list, we have uh, Nintendo's incoming president, Shintaro Furukawa, um, has some big mobile ambitions. And this is from Fortune.com. Um, so let me – actually didn't put a quote in the notes here. Let me read a quick thing here. Um, Okay, so again, this is from Fortune.com. Uh, the incoming president of the video game giant, Nintendo, tells Japanese magazine Nikkei he hopes to build the company's smartphone game operations to a 100 billion yen per year business. So uh, that's, uh, and I think uh, a billion yen, that comes out to about $910 million uh, in this, uh, figure there. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about this uh, just in terms of uh, where Nintendo's been and kind of where they're going with their uh, mobile uh, mobile ambitions here. Um, one interesting point that this article points out um, is that uh, beloved uh, President uh, Satoru Iwata actually opposed mobile pretty heavily during his time with Nintendo. Um, however, Furukawa embraces it. Um, and I just kind of wanted to take the route of uh, kind of, I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say that, uh, Nintendo's current mobile games have ha- seen middling success. I mean, first we've seen Mi- Mitomo, which I actually can't remember if it already has been shut down or if it's if it's still in, uh, running. And but I know it's going to be shut down if it hasn't already. Um, it's okay. No one remembers. Yeah, yeah. I think I played that for like the first couple of days it was out, and then that was it. I think I deleted it. Um, <laughs> so we had Mitomo. We had Mario Run, which I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with it, but they didn't see the sales numbers they wanted to there. Um, then we've got Fire Emblem Heroes and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which um, I think are, are probably their, their uh, most popular of the uh, of the games they've released so far. Um, but again, these aren't reaching the levels that Nintendo has really wanted for them. Um, so with the middle league success of the games they have out now, um, and the fact that uh, Furukawa really wants to embrace the mobile market going forward as far as Nintendo's concerned, I mean, we can see that with uh, two upcoming games that they have. Uh, Mario Kart Tour, which was announced a few months ago, um, and a just announced earlier this week a new action action RPG with the devel- uh, developer called Side Games. Uh, and that action RPG is called Dragalia Lost. Um, so these are two of the upcoming games we have. Um, so I just kind of wanted to just open up discussion a little bit about you know what do we think about Nintendo sort of embracing their the mobile market? Um, is this going to be sort of the next pillar for them? Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, um, I would like to, I would love to see more uh, more mobile games. Um, I I mean personally, like I said before, I, I've personally had a lot of fun with Mario Run. Um, I'm generally not a completionist when it comes to games of any kind. 
Um, but Mario Run in particular, I was actually wanting to collect all the coins on all the levels. Um, never ended up doing that and ended up actually not getting very far. Um, but it's still downloaded on my phone. I still load it up every now and again just to try and, you know, 100% that, you know, that next level that I have to go. Um, so I, I personally enjoy, uh, at least that one. I never actually played uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, although I know that's one of the more popular ones. Um, played a little bit of uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just not really an Animal Crossing person, so that one didn't really resonate with me. Um, and kind of like we talked about with Mitomo, that, uh, yeah, who remembers that? <laughs> <laughs> no one. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just given, I mean, like I said, Mario Run, I personally enjoyed, but I know it didn't do all that well. And uh, just given the uh, the middling success they've had, success they've had with the mobile game so far, I'm I'm wondering how successful they're going to be. I mean, I'm sure Mario Kart Tour is going to be a hit, whatever that ends up being. Um, I don't know whether it's going to be like a full Mario Kart game where you're tilting your phone. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Although knowing Nintendo, they're probably going to you know come out with something out of left field that you know nobody expected like they always do, like, you know, Labo for existence, like who saw that coming? Um, and an action RPG, a mobile action RPG, I don't know. I, I'm i not huge into mobile gaming, so I don't know how well that's going to work, um, especially if it's like a real-time battle kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's... I think it's good that they're embracing the mobile aspect here. I don't think it's going to be necessarily their next pillar, um, where I guess their pillars now would be, what, 3DS, Switch, and then possibly mobile i don't i don't know that it could it, it could uh i don't know that their mobile section could be strong enough to sort of be that third pillar but i mean what, what do you what do you think well now nick don't forget the wii u is still a integral part of nintendo's strategy we have just dance 2019 coming out this year um, um just kidding obviously um i think it's kind of interesting um in that it's surprising. I don't really know whether I believe them when they say that they're going to be focusing heavily on mobile because kind of as you touched on, uh, nothing that they've came out with so far uh, has really hit hard. I think the, the thing that they had closest to that was probably Super Mario Run, um, which even that was kind of a bummer because... I'm an Android user, and it was uh, iPhone exclusive for the longest time, and I heard all my friends talking about playing Super Mario Run, and I was like, okay, you know, I would probably pay 15 bucks just to be playing this game with everyone else right now. And then I I get it like five months later. I'm like, okay, everyone's kind of over it now. That stinks. Um, But Fire Emblem Heroes, I actually did really get into, and I think that launched the same time across all platforms and a uh, phenomenal game. I think that that's the type of experience that if Nintendo is going to continue with, you know, uh, investing in the mobile platform, they should, you know, that that's perfect for that type of uh, game is something that you don't really need a physical controller for something you can use the touch screen for. Uh, you don't need a, a game vice. Um, you can just, yeah. you know, use your touch screen Move your uh, move your characters. Uh, an Advance Wars game would be phenomenal, though. I mean, I know it'd be fairly similar to Fire Emblem, which we already got. But um, but I thought Super Mario Run was great. But I just I just don't know 
A, from a financial standpoint, whether they really want to be competing with their own console and putting a bunch more games out there. Um, I, I don't know whether, because my first thought when Animal Crossing Pocket Camp came out, to be honest with you, is that this game, because I actually am a pretty avid Animal Crossing uh, supporter and fan, uh, when I first played Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, I was like, this thing basically is just a mobile version, like a handheld version of Animal Crossing. Do I need Animal Crossing anymore, like a console Animal Crossing? And then I played it a little bit more, and I realized it was a little bit more shallow than I thought it was. Sure. But it was close enough to where if I'm on the fence, if I'm not a hardcore Nintendo fan, and I see this... $60 Animal Crossing game, and I see Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which has 70% of the charm that Animal Crossing has, maybe I'm just going to stick with the free-to-play game. And I don't know whether they want to continue down that path and invest so heavily in mobile when they really haven't had a smash hit yet, unless you include Pokemon Go, which you don't because it wasn't really a Nintendo game. Right. They get a little bit of the the money off the top from that, but they it's not their product at all. So yeah, no, and it's actually I'm actually really glad you brought up Pokemon Go because even though it isn't necessarily a Nintendo game, um, I think it definitely speaks to the success, the potential success that uh, a game like that could have. Um, and I mean, I think it's pretty evident at this point that. Uh, Pokemon Go is is never going to be as big as it was. They can, you know, release updates and release new content and have all these, you know... I mean, I'm sure whatever they implement battling and trading, that is going to change the landscape as we know it. But I still don't think it's going to be up to the level that it was, you know, when it first came out. Um, but, I, like I said, I think that is a, a, a good... Uh, sort of a good metric to show how big mobile gaming can be. And do do we think that Nintendo is really going to get to that level with any of these games? Probably not. I, I mean, well, definitely not. I mean, there is no way. I mean, Pokemon Go was a, uh, a one in a million kind of runaway yes. success, right? Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I look forward to seeing what more games we get out of uh, get out of this initiative. Like I said, Mario Kart Tour, I'm sure is going to be pretty cool. Um, I'm interested to see what this Dragalia Lost is going to be. Um, but yeah, I don't think that they could, I'm just thinking of it in terms of let's pretend, you know, however many years down the line, you know, cause this was even coming about after, you know, the Wii U flopped and before we knew Switch was a thing, um, you know, there was a lot of discussion around, well, what if Nintendo gets out of the hardware business entirely and just starts, uh, making software, just making games for other platforms, um, if it ever got to that point and they were really trying to still focus on mobile, I don't think that could sustain their business just just in mobile. Um, I don't think that could sustain their business at all. And in in that same in that same breath, I don't think it, they could support an entire sort of pillar of their business on mobile. It could be a cool thing that they're doing off to the side, and it probably gives them some nice playing money. But uh, I don't think it's uh, it's sustainable from a business perspective. Uh, in terms of, you know, this being such a, a substantial amount of income for them, you know? So that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so the last thing that we have to talk about in the news segment is uh, we have a rumor that Fortnite is coming to Switch, and we actually reported on this. Um, I think a couple other outlets did, but I think uh, we caught wind of it pretty early, so I'm kind of uh, excited about that. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about some... Yeah, congrats. Uh, I, think, I think yours was actually the first article I saw on it. So, yeah, props to you for that, for sure. Sweet. Take, take them. We'll take what we can get, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just kind of look, looking at the article that we posted. Um, I mean, so let's just preface this by saying we knew this was going to happen eventually. And so, okay, actually, before I go any further with this, I just want to reiterate: this is a rumor. Take this with a big pinch of salt. Um, this could very well not happen. Although I think for a lot of us who pay attention to the industry, I think this is a no-brainer that it's going to happen eventually. Whether it's in terms, it's going to happen in, in terms as these, as this rumor suggests, uh, that remains to be seen. Um, but the rumor we have here, uh, coming, this is coming to us from Twitter user Leaky Pandy, who under the, uh, a different account named Vandal Leaks, uh, correctly leaked March's Nintendo Direct. Um, so, you know, take that, take that with what you will. Um, but Leaky Pandy, uh, seems to strongly suggest that Epic Games Fortnite is making its way to Switch. Um, and that it's going to be on stage, well, on stage, I guess, in their uh, E3 Direct presentation. Um, and not only is uh, Fortnite coming to Switch, it's, uh, it's coming in the form of the critically acclaimed Battle Royale mode, but also the um, single-player and co-op Save the World mode, which I believe is paid. Uh, I know the Battle Royale mode is free, but I believe the um, Save the World mode is paid. Um, but not only are both modes coming to the game, but the uh, paid Save the World mode uh, is going to be supposedly coming with exclusive Nintendo content. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, no word, uh, of course, yet on what that content could be. I mean, I'm I'm just hoping for something like uh, getting like Splatoon weapons or some skins for Metroid or something of that nature. Um, yeah, um, I know we're talking a little bit before the show. I don't think either of us are particularly big Fortnite people. I know I've only played it uh, like one day with a friend. Like, I mean, we played for several hours. So, I mean, I uh, just from what little I've played and just from hearing people talk about it, I know exactly what it's about and I know what it sets out to do. Um, and kind of like we were saying before, duh, it's going to come to Switch. It, it has to. I mean, for, for goodness sake, if we can get it running on iPhone and Android – and run well on those platforms, why wouldn't it come to Switch? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely coming. Um, it's, it's one of those things that it's... I think it's both on PS4 and Xbox One right now. Um, and yeah, especially the, the Battle Royale mode um, is huge, just because of the fact that it's free-to-play, and because... Um, because battle royale games are just the in thing right now. I think uh, PUBG was uh, Giant Bomb's game of the year uh, this past year. Like it, battle royale is huge. That's sure. all you ever hear about anymore. Is oh the new Call of Duty is going to have a battle royale mode. Oh let's try and work battle royale into this that the other. If people are saying you know oh if a new Halo game gets announced this year then they're going to try and work a battle royale mode into that. Um, so I think that that would, that would be great. Um, I think that the Switch is a perfect fit for Fortnite. Um, I think it's, it does, yes, it does already exist on mobile platforms. So you can make the argument, well, why would you play it 
on Switch, we you can play it on your phone. Um, but the beauty of the Switch is if you don't want to play in handheld mode, you know, just like with every other Switch game, you can just put it on the TV just like you were playing on your PS4 or Xbox One. Um, and yes, you're right. I'm not... Um, I've literally never played uh, Fortnite, so you actually have more on me than, uh, than you know, because I've, I've literally never touched the game. But, um, but yeah, I, this guy, Vandal Leaks, um, like you said, he was the guy that, that leaked the E3 presentation uh, back from March. Um, and one of the things that he said back then, uh, was he was very specific. I think he got, like, a few things wrong. Like, he said something about... It's it's easy to conflate him and another leaker who had made a statement about uh, Fire Emblem uh, mm-hmm. that would have came out back in March. But I remember this guy was the one that said, we're getting Crash, we're getting South Park, um, and, like, one other thing. And all of those things came to pass in that direct. So this guy is, like... You know, he's either he is either super lucky to have predicted all that back then, or or you know you can take what he says with a little bit more weight than just your average leaker. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I I think there definitely is some credence to be lent here. Um, But even if this even if this rumor is entirely false, even if you know E three comes and goes and we see nothing about Fortnite, like I gotta think that it's still coming. Hopefully this year, considering you know this game has only, uh, I would say at least I would say only over the past few months has probably really only started to gain traction. Because um, I remember PUBG came out, um, and it was dominating for so long. Then Fortnite came out, didn't really do too well, and then they. And I remember there was that whole uh, debacle of them basically saying like, "Yeah, we copied we copied PUBG. Like we we saw what they did and basically copied them." But here you go, and everyone kind of ate it up. Um, so, you know, given, given that the game is so hot right now, like, I gotta think that the, that the Switch port is coming this year. Like, if it doesn't, they, I think they missed the boat on that one, if that's the case. Um, yeah. But no, definitely looking forward to that. And I mean, if, if, if this does happen and it does come to Switch, then I mean, I'll definitely be putting more time into, uh, Fortnite to be sure. If it was one of those things where they said, like, it's available right now at E3, I would download it and play it for the rest of the day. Like that, that would be the most hype thing if they that, did that. That would actually be perfect, I think. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Fortnite on Switch at E3 available now. Watch it happen. <laughs> there you go. All right, so that that uh, wraps up our new segment. Let's uh, transition to some games we've been playing. And actually, the first game on the list we've both been uh, we both spent a little bit of time with a little game called Guilt Battle Arena. Yep. Um, so, let's, I, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, it's it's a small game to be sure. Um, it's so just to give kind of a brief overview of what this game is. It's basically a, um, I guess I would consider it sort of like a, a four per up to four player co op sort of. Uh, I don't know if a brawler would be the right term, but it's sort sort of like that sort of. Uh, four-player arena uh, arena style game um, where basically the objective is well you have different a bunch of different game modes but the the main mechanic is uh, each character has a gun and you have one bullet you shoot the bullet but if you want to shoot again you have to walk across the stage and pick up your bullet again to be able to then shoot again um, 
And you can, like I said, you can have up to four players at a time. Uh, you can be, you can do a double jump, you can dash, and then there are a litany of game modes to be played. Uh, hot potato bomb, capture the flag, um, last man standing, which is, I guess, would be sort of your quote unquote sort of deathmatch mode. Um, and then uh, outside of that, there is a horde mode where you just fight wave after wave of enemies with uh, from I think I think one to four players. You can do that, do it there as well. Um, yeah, we've been playing that. I mean, to me, I guess it's fine with for me. It's fine for what it sets out to do. I mean, it's it's not this great big game. So I mean, you could spend, you know, I would say probably less than a half hour of the game and sort of see sort of see everything it has to offer. Um, I think it's a fun little game. Um, it's not to me. It's not super impressive in terms of in terms of gameplay or uh, any kind of mechanics it throws out there. Because, like I said, I mean, basically. I mean, feel free to add anything if I missed anything, Alex, but I, I think I kind of, I think it was sort of my little summary there's pretty much covered about yeah, what that game does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I So for me, I it kind of feels like almost something that the behemoth would make, um, like the Castle Crashers people. Sure. Um, it kind of feels like a mix between that and like Towerfall Ascension, um, to where you know it's just like a really frantic little. Uh, I think I think you were correct, like a, a you know battler type you know game or brawler. Um, and I mean I think that it's simple in concept. Um, the execution is good. Um, it it runs well, um, which it should because it's not a, an overly complicated game. Um, I think that the the thing that they should be praised on is the fact that they took a game where you have one gun and one bullet and made like <laughs> many, many game modes out of it. Um, because when I first booted it up, I thought to myself, you know, this, so what, you're just going to shoot each other? Like, I mean, it, it, I thought it was going to be like Super Smash Brothers, but everyone has the exact same one move sure um but it ended up being more interesting than that because of the fact that um i really did like the the like pass the bomb type mode um and i, I the other one the what's it called the slasher the one where like the only person who can do damage is the the person who shot the last person who was the slasher or whatever that mode yeah um those two those two were my favorites um, and I think that they're, they're really smart because they use a very simple mechanic and they, they make it so it's something that you can get a lot of enjoyment out of in a lot of different ways. Um, so I think it's creative. I think, you know, it's, it's something that anyone can pick up and play, which is kind of the whole idea behind the Switch in the first place is yep. that, you know, of the past the Joy-Con thing is that you're supposed to be trying to bring people in that don't normally play games. Um, so I think in that regard, it's, it, like you said, it, it does what it sets out to do. Um, and it's executed pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually want to expand a little bit on uh, the fact that you said that it is very frantic. Um, and that was something that became apparent to me pretty quickly. Um, Cause you know, I started up the game and I kind of started out the tutorial, just learning how to play. And I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. You basically have your, you left and right. Now, one thing I think we should mention too is that um, 
your character moves automatically, and you can. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. you uh, double, like if you like double tap the uh, the thumbstick in either le- the left or right direction, you'll dash in that direction, um, and you can change your direction by also using that thumbstick. But other than that, your character is moving on their own, um, which is gets actually pretty interesting, especially when you get into the uh, horde mode. Um, but yeah, that game gets very very frantic very quickly, especially if you have four players because uh, the arenas aren't very big. Um, and you've got these no. uh, characters that are, you know, take up quite a bit of room on screen. And, you're again, like I said, you're not given a lot of uh, arena space to play with. So, I mean, you're constantly overlapping each other. And, you know, I mean, there were a lot of times where I was playing and I'm like, I don't even know which character I am. Um, but thankfully, uh, each character right. is color-coded, you know, pretty blatantly. So, I mean, you, if you lose track of your character, it's only going to be because it's only going to be because uh, all characters are sort of on the same spot in the arena. Um, but if you keep moving, you'll, right. you know, you'll obviously see your character after that. Um, but yeah, it gets super frantic, especially, uh, I know there, there's one particular mode, uh, that, oh, it's a capture the flag mode. It's, uh, if you, so basically there's a timer and when the timer runs out, any character who doesn't have flags on their character gets shot by a rocket. Um, and the way that you, I think every player starts out with a flag and the way that you uh, steal flags is just by shooting opponents. And you, I think you can have up, if you have a team of, or if you have a, a match of four players, you can get up to three flags on yourself at one time. Um, so that gets super, super frantic. Um, Hot Potato Bomb is another kind of good example of that. It's just so many characters on screen at once, so many bullets flying. Um, it, it, it can definitely feel overwhelming if you're not ready for it, but uh, I think that definitely lends itself to that uh, sort of pick-up-and-play nature. Um and I think it does that really well. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, play any local multiplayer with it. I no, I haven't. Uh, I, all my, all my uh, playtime was uh, just by myself with some uh, CPU opponents. Um, did you have a chance to check yeah, that, out? No, that's all I did too. Um, out of curiosity, do you know is it the type of game where you could have two or three switches uh, on like a LAN? mode or do you do you have to all play on the same switch i'm gonna go ahead and this is this is just a pure assumption on my part just just from the menu and you know the startup menu and all that i think it's just local um, okay on okay. You know, one single switch okay um but yeah no i i haven't um i haven't got to play you know true multiplayer with it um the, the only reason i asked that is because i've been looking more into uh games that you know have those type of you know local like LAN type connection but for this type of game you don't really need it because like you said the the maps are so small that like what there would be no point to having additional screens um but i guess the only thing that i could think of that would be kind of interesting and why i mentioned the LAN aspect is um something that i had thought about with this game that uh, it doesn't really need and would just be a lot of work for the developers and, and probably wouldn't end up amounting to anything. But I was I found myself thinking like, man, it'd be really cool if this game had uh, touchscreen controls. Um, like if, if you were to just able to, because you said the character is always moving, if you were to able to just like double tap on the left or right side of the screen to dash or change your direction, or if, and if you had like a tiny little button in the bottom corner, um, I'm always looking for games that I don't have to bring my Joy-Con 
with me, like um, like human resource machine, for example. The entire thing can be played just on the touch screen. Um, I'm always looking for those types of games so that I can have, because the Switch itself is roughly the size of a new 3DS XL. So sure. it is pocketable, technically, if you take off the Joy-Con. Um, so I, I always like to have those games where if I wanted to play something, but I didn't bring the Joy-Con with me, I could. Um, and this could be one of those games um, if it had touchscreen controls. Um, bit of a tangent, but I always love those type of games. But that was why I asked about the land thing. No, it's interesting. Definitely, definitely a good thing to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much I have, how much more I have to say on this particular game. I mean, uh, it's it's like kind of like I said before. It's it's fun. It's fun for what it is. It does what it sets out to do well, and it's. I mean, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to just you know sit down with you know a friend or two and just you know pop the joy cons off and just you know play a couple rounds and just have some ridiculous fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, awesome. Um, so that that was something we've both been playing. A uh, couple of games that I've been putting a little bit of time into recently. Um, actually, uh, put a review up for Manticore Galaxy on Fire. That review went up almost going on two weeks ago. Um, in fact, the game came out two weeks ago, and my review went up a couple days after. Um, so I don't, I don't want to get too, too much into it. Um, if you want to uh, check out my full impressions on the game, definitely go to uh, go check out my review on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash switchjoy. Um, go check it out there. Um, I, basically, it's an okay game. So basically what it is, it is a... Um, a 3D space shooter where you're basically piloting one of several uh, spaceships and you go out and um, there it's it's broken up by mission so you kind of instance into the mission given your objective which is you know usually take out x number of ships or uh, you know we're here to protect the ship so make sure that you know they don't die and you kind of just fly around you know you, it's and the game looks beautiful you just fly around and uh, you have like full 360 degree movement. You're not like on rails or anything. Um, you just fly around, complete your objective, and then go back to the hangar, uh, upgrade your ship, upgrade your weapons. Um, so I mean, it, it's a, it's a fun game to be sure, but um, there is a narrative that tries to sort of piece together every mission structure uh, or each mission, I should say. Um, and just I don't know, it just feels really disjointed in places because every time you instance into a new mission, like your ship will sort of, like, phase into whatever mission space you're going to be in, and it feels like you're about to jump right into the game, but then as soon as your ship sort of instances in, you, it cuts away to um, your, uh, your basically your uh, group's commander and basically says, here, we're here to, you know, take out these space pirates or whatever. And it's like it's always this, just this long stretch of exposition that just doesn't really feel necessary and that always just kind of breaks me out of the action. Um, so it feels disjointed there, and then also uh, at the end of every mission, or nearly every mission, you get a boss to fight, and it's not one of these things where the boss just will fly in out of nowhere. It like the game stops, cuts away uh, to this little sequence where the the boss shows up and says like some really cheesy line, and then and then you are brought back into the game. And it just I don't know, just just the way that things are broken up, it just feels really disjointed and not as cohesive as it could have been. Um, but beyond that, I mean, just just playing in each of those missions, uh, the ships are great. The, uh, the the controls work really well. This is actually a uh, actually a port of a mobile game. So the mobile the mobile game, which was on Android and iOS, was called it was actually called Galaxy on Fire Three Manticore. But then when they 
worked with the Switch port, they just kind of, I guess, flipped the name around a little bit to Manticore Galaxy on Fire. Um, so I'm not into, I'm not as familiar with the original game, so I don't know if the story beats are the same. Um, but basically, they ported a mobile game over to Switch and made the controls work really well. Uh, that being said, I'm actually really surprised that they didn't implement touch controls for this. Um, I guess maybe they wanted to do away with uh, its mobile origins, which, I mean, I, I, I can understand that. Um, but no, the game controls really well. It's a lot of fun. Um, the different weapons you get to use don't really... They all feel kind of samey. Like, the only thing that will really change is your damage per second and sort of the uh, hitbox size of each enemy will change depending on what weapon you have equipped, which... I mean, in the end, they all kind of feel samey. They don't really... You're not really given an incentive to switch weapons aside from uh, certain... You know, certain missions will say, oh, you you know, you really need to have a plasma gun to take down this type of enemy, or you should be using lasers for this. So um, aside from the game sort of forcing you to pick certain weapons, there's really no incentive to do that otherwise. So it I don't know, just feels a little bit lacking in that area. Um, but I, I would say this is definitely a good sale game. Um if you find it on sale, you know, go pick it up. Have some good dogfighting fun. Um, but it's it's not as cohesive as I was as I would like it to be. But uh, it's 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 there, and I think it's actually the uh, first sort of three uh, D space shooter sort of dogfighting uh, game on Switch. So if that's something you've been uh, really looking for, then this might be something to check out. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the screenshots right now. This. Game has really good graphics. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it looks great. It actually, uh, it runs uh, when it's docked. It actually runs at a full 1080p, 60 frames per second, which is pretty remarkable considering games that usually look that good or, uh, on Switch, at least, are usually locked at 30. But uh, it runs at a full 60, and it looks great. Wow. Hmm. So yeah, that's that. And if you'd like to. Uh, hear more of my impressions on that, just, like I said, go go check out my review on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash switchjoy. Um, aside from that, uh, another game I've been playing a little, actually, well, I can't say I have been playing. I put in a little bit of time uh, earlier this afternoon before we recorded. Uh, it's called Cast of the Seven Godsends, which actually, uh, as, of, as of the day of recording, we're recording on Thursday, so this game actually just came out today. Um, gosh, you know, I, I hesitate to come on air and come onto a show like this and, and you know, talk about a game that is bad. Like I, I hesitate to say that a game is bad because I don't know. I just, I just, I, cause I mean, you got to think that no matter, you know, no matter who's working on a game, like nobody ever sets out to make a bad game. Right. So, I mean, it, it kind of feels like I'm doing them a bit of a disservice by saying the game is bad, but yeah, this game just is not. I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that meme runner game was, that was on the Wii U was setting out to be a bad game. Yeah, well, if you've got if you've got situations like that, that you know they're. I mean, I'm actually not familiar with that game, so I don't know if that was you know trying to be intentionally obtuse. Um, oh, there was there was just this horrible game on Wii U that actually got removed um, from the eShop for a while because it was literally just an endless runner game, but with just like troll faces and stuff like that. It was oh, it was weird. It was like one of the most uh controversial games of that year just because it there was so little thought put into it. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, but you said that I was like, well, I don't know, some people try to make <laughs> bad games. But anyway, sorry. No, no, you're good. Um but no, I, I would just I mean, I would like to think that in 
in most cases, I, I don't think people set out to make bad games. So that that's kind of why I hesitate to say, like, you know, get on air and say, this game is bad. Don't get it. But, I mean, and it's not to say the game's terrible uh, with what limited time I spend with it. But, again, this is Cast of the Seven Godsends. Um, I think the best way I can describe it is it, – so it, it reminds me a lot of Castlevania, um, mostly in the music, but also in um, just the fact that you're kind of running through this uh, level. It was actually uh, – level that I was playing through was actually pretty horizontally linear. There's not really much verticality to it. Um, but basically you just have enemies popping up that you, uh, and you pick up new weapons along the way and you kind of have like these like throwing knives or throwing axes or something like that, that you just kind of throw at the enemies. They, you know, die and you just, you know, keep moving through the level. Um, just, yeah, just in terms of the, uh, like I said, mostly the music reminded me of Castlevania, but just also just kind of the general gameplay, just kind of jumping around, you know, killing enemies, and then eventually you get to a boss. Um, the way that the reason I'm I'm saying that it's bad, I guess, is I don't know. It, it almost it it feels like to me it feels like Castlevania, but like without the budget. Still, so like um, there's there's like some dialogue that'll happen, and it just. I don't know, just, it doesn't, like, the text just is just very, like, very plain, just, like, aerial, just on the screen. Like, it just was, it, like, no, it almost seemed like no thought was put into, um, into the UI or just kind of the, uh, text, at least, anyway. Um, and just the, just the art style, just, I mean, it just, it just doesn't, it's not very sharp. Like, I mean, it's an interesting art style, to be sure, but it just, it's not very sharp. It's kind of grainy looking. Um, it just doesn't look that great. Um. I mean, I, I enjoy Castlevania games, so I mean, I was kind of hooked on the gameplay a little bit, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like, it, I, like I said, I think the best way I can describe it is sort of just Castlevania without that that budget and that polish. Um, I don't know. That there's a, ho- a whole lot more for me to say on it than that. Um, so I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. Uh, go go check out some gameplay videos if you're interested about what that looks like. Um, but just from what I, what from what little time I spent with it, it's a uh, I'd probably pass on it personally. Um, so yeah, what what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Um, so the thing that took most of my time uh, over the past two weeks, I played uh, God of War in its Traitor. entirety. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's a it's a PlayStation game. Gasp! <laughs> they exist. Um, but you're a PlayStation it, fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh it's actually the the one uh PS4 game that I've purchased uh in 2018. Uh I I really enjoyed Persona 5. Um but but yeah, God of War was the one that that got me back into PlayStation a little bit. Um to the point to where I almost considered with all the stuff that was coming out about it, you know, well, maybe I should get a PS4 Pro for it, but I was like, "Ah, no, nah, it's okay." Um and it ended up looking just fine on a regular PS4. Beat the whole thing. It took me about 25 hours to beat. Um, I did not complete it. Uh, but phenomenal game. Um, the director, uh, Corey Barlog, is an awesome dude. Uh, there's this really cool video on YouTube of him uh, looking up the review scores uh, once the embargo lifted for the yes. first time and, and just being in tears. Um, just, just an awesome person and, uh, and just has been, you know, giving so many interviews and just seems like just a great guy. Um, and the, you can really 
feel and see him in God of War. Um, and, and I just, I just love that. I love when, when games reflect the person that makes them. Um, and it's just, you can tell it's such a passion project for him and, uh, it was glorious. Uh, it had me, you know, very emotional the entire way throughout. So God of War is phenomenal. Um, but other than that, I have been trying to get through Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Because I purchased that, I want to say August or September of last year, and uh, played through, you know, the first few stages. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. Um, I, I see why people like it, you know, because Mario plus Rabbids was supposed to be a train wreck. Um, and then when it came out, everyone was like, no, there's actually something to this. This was really smart, having a, a Mario game with XCOM gameplay. Sure. Um, so I, I was like, you know, it's cool. I'm glad I gave it a shot, but now it's kind of been like in my list of shame to where it's like, there's a Mario game that I haven't completed. I should (laughs) really probably do that. So I just this evening got up to, um, to the last world, uh, the lava pit world. And at least I hope that's the last world because I've played this thing for like 15, 20 hours at this point, And I kind of just want it to be done. And one of the reasons that I'm trying to complete it is because the Donkey Kong DLC is on its way. And I'd like to feel like I can just transition into that after having beaten the game. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's just one of those games that I'm... I'm thinking maybe that type of strategy game isn't necessarily my type of game, but I still I still like it. I like the humor. I like the characters. Um, the rabbits are tolerable. Um, <laughs> I, I do wish that I could switch out. The, the one problem I have with the game is that you can't have a party of all Mario characters. You have to have at least one rabbits character in there, which is kind of a bummer. And I know that people have probably been talking this game to death, and like it, this is, you know... I'm the slowest of slow pokes right now talking about uh, Mario plus Rabbids, but uh, that's my one gripe is I wish that I could just have a party of all Mario characters. But other than that, great game. Um, I played Skyrim a little bit because I got Skyrim last month for Switch. Uh, it's a great port. I know you did a review on your site uh, that got retweeted to all hell um and everyone has seen your review at this point and that's awesome um um, so i i think you've probably said you know everything there is to say about skyrim uh on switch but that was just a great port um and glad that i have it now uh ended up getting it for a good price now that it's been out for a while uh but other than that really just those three games are the ones that i'm bouncing off of right now Awesome, yeah. I mean, I, God, I, I just in general with games, I have such a huge backlog. Like, um, I've got Mario Rabbids that I've, uh, yeah, because you were talking about it a little bit. I've, I've got Mario Plus Rabbids also. Um, I, I only dabbled around in the first world a little bit, so I've barely even scratched the surface when it comes to that game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got that. I ended up picking uh, Rhyme up on sale, which I dabbled in, and that, and that's kind of what I do with yeah. games now. I sort of dabble in them a little bit and then move on and then plan to come back, but then never do. <laughs> yep, same. So yep. Like absolutely, exact same thing. So I've got um, those. I've got 
I picked up Pillars of Eternity on PS4, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter World on PS4. Both I kind of just dabbled with and just sat down. Um, Destiny 2 on Xbox One. I've got Okami HD on Xbox One, which at this point I might as well just wait for the Switch version. Uh, right, sure. I just got, God, my backlog is just absolutely insane, and I'm finding with no time to uh, to play any of them yet. Knowing I have a backlog, I'm still picking up new games. Like I might pick up Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze this weekend, even though. God knows I don't have the time for it, but dude, I, I mean, so I don't think this is like, I don't have that big of a following on my channel or anything. So I don't think that this is going to shock anyone or, or any, cause I haven't given the actual number, but I think I have like 52 uh, physical switch games sitting on my shelf right now. And I've probably done like a combined, like 50 or 60 hours through all of them. So like, I don't feel guilty. Uh, um, but you brought up Monster Hunter. I just wanted to say while I have the opportunity, Capcom, can you please, please localize Monster Hunter Double Cross? Thank because you. That's, because that's that's um, something, because I was talking about the, the LAN thing earlier, and that's this game that I keep coming back to being like, Am I gonna import? Am I gonna have to import Monster Hunter Double Cross and learn Japanese just to, <laughs> so I can have a local co-op game to play with my girlfriend on her new Switch? Like, is that the only way I'm gonna be able to do this? Because Attack on Titan Two came out and that has local co-op, okay. uh, but from what I've heard, it's it's not like the same like in-depth thing that you would with a Monster Hunter. It's Monster Hunter like, but I wish that Capcom would just localize Monster Hunter Double Cross. Yeah, no, absolutely. I echo that sentiment. Also, one other, one other uh, I think Japan, I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese-only game that came out on Switch that has yet to show up in uh, in the West is, uh, I think it's Seiken Densetsu 3, which I think, which that's the uh, Secret of Mana. Yeah. Uh, collect, is it the collection, I think? Yeah, I yeah, think Seiken so. Yeah, Seiken Densetsu Collection, yeah, it's not 3, it's it's the collection. Um, actually, I haven't played any of the Secret of Mana games, um, but just, I know that, just, I know with what, I know what kind of history they have on Nintendo, and I would very much like to play those games. And I would rather not have to learn Japanese in order to do that. So yeah, same. We'll see. I mean, who knows what'll come at E three? I mean, if Nintendo's good at one thing, it's coming out of left field. That's for sure. That is very true. All right, so we are get. I actually don't don't really know how long we've been recording for, but I know we're getting long. So uh, let's try to power through. We got a couple reader questions here that we're going to try and power through. Uh, Jonathan, friend of the show, uh, submitted a question to switchjoy.net slash radio, so just like you can. Um, and his question is: With E three coming up next month, what are your Nintendo E three predictions? And he asked to uh, asked for us to give one realistic, one far fetched, and one way out there. So. Uh, Alex, I'll give you the floor. I'll let you start. What do you what are, What are some uh, Nintendo E three predictions, realistic and outlandish? See, it's going to be hard because I'm going to have to try and predict something that hasn't already been confirmed in some <laughs> weird source. Because okay, the I actually quote unquote predicted like a few weeks ago that Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to come out this year. And then somebody was like, yeah, dude, they already said that it's coming out this year. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's not much of a prediction then. Dang it. Because sometimes, sometimes like they like stealth announce this stuff or it like, it goes on so long to where you don't remember that it's been announced. Um, and then 
so yeah, let me let me think. Like a a realistic prediction, I would have to say we're probably going to get some information about Fire Emblem. That's that's and I'm not even like a huge Fire Emblem guy, but I feel like we might hear something about the new Fire Emblem game at uh, E3. Even if it's just like a mention. No, no, that's good. They've been radio silent on that for quite some time now, so it'd be great to get some some new info on that for sure. Yeah, and then far fetched. Um, let's see. I honestly think that they won't mention it. I think I, I think that I don't think that they're going to mention it, but I think that it would be far fetched of me to say that they would bring up Pokemon at E three to be honest, because Pokemon, like, historically, they've kind of got their own directs, with the exception of last E3, when they came out and they had, prior to E3, talked about Pokemon, and everyone was like, oh, are you serious? Like, that's not the game that we wanted on Switch from you guys. And then uh, the director of the Pokemon company, which I can't remember his name, uh, just just comes out in like a white undershirt, sitting at a table, sketching, and is like, "Oh yeah, guys, I'm I'm working really hard on that Pokemon game. Don't worry." And everyone's like, "Yeah," but um, but I don't think that they're gonna do it again. I don't think that it's gonna be referenced this year. I think that Pokemon is gonna get its own direct after E3. Um, so that would be far fetched. Is like maybe. Maybe he comes out and he says, you know, it's been a whole year since I told you we were working on a uh, main series Pokemon game. Well, here it is. I mean, yeah. it could happen. Um, and then way out there, um, Spyro. They're they're going to talk about Spyro. Um, it's been announced for Xbox and PS4. Um, I feel like it's coming this year. For those platforms, um, I think that Nintendo will finally be like, "Yeah, we've we've had to wait for a little bit to tell you this, um, but yeah, Spyro is coming. It's not coming at the same time, day and date, with those other versions, but it's coming out early 2019. And guess what? Spyro is going to be in Smash Bros. too. Um, Ooh, there you that go. one's that one's way out there. That <laughs> one's like not going to happen. But screw it." Spyro for Smash. It's happening. You're in here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was actually, you know, uh, before we got to this, you know, I was kind of thinking one realistic, uh, for me, one realistic uh, prediction. I was I, I honestly thinking that uh, they really were going to show uh, show Pokemon Switch. Um, hmm. But you bring up a good point in that, aside from that basically saying, like, hey, we're working on, you know, our next mainline Pokemon RPG is going to be on Switch. Uh, historically, Pokemon has not been an E3, uh, a, a franchise that's really brought up at E3. And like you said, they really do ho- usually hold their own directs for that. So um, that's, and that's probably right. That's, I'm going to agree with you on the far-fetched one there. That's uh, more more likely than probably uh, Spyro and Smash. But um, <laughs> like you said, we're probably, probably going to hear about it. Uh, probably going to hear about it uh, in its own separate thing. Although I think it coming out this year is, uh, I think that's a, a safe bet. I think probably November of this year uh, for that game to come out is probably a safe bet. 
Yeah, because um, when did uh, Ultra Sun and Moon come out? That was that was just this past uh, October or November, I believe. Okay, so then we're due for another Pokemon game. I mean, that series has pretty much been annualized at this point, so. Yeah, just about. So, I mean, I, I think it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility to get that uh, get that this holiday. Um, yeah. In terms of something more realistic, I think, uh, well, since at last E3 we got a, uh, a, a logo shot of Metroid Prime 4, I think this year we're going to see gameplay. Yeah, I, 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 could, I, I think it's high time. <laughs> Yeah, I could I could definitely see that happening. Um I mean there was such a huge reaction to Metroid. Um I think maybe even bigger than Smash just because, you know, like you figure Smash is going to come to the new. I know that Sakurai always says like, "Oh, I'm not doing this anymore," but <laughs> you got to figure with with how profitable Smash is. A, Sakurai probably doesn't have a choice at this point. And B, even if Sakurai retires, you got to figure that some they're doing that without him. They're sure. dragging the cold, dead body of Smash onto whatever console Nintendo has. Uh, but Metroid, literally, like, I mean, I know we got Samus Returns, but, like, the Metroid Prime series have not heard from it since Wii. So uh, that they got such a huge reaction when that was announced. I feel like they they can't let that go cold. They got to keep hyping us up for Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, absolutely. And since you mentioned Met, uh, uh, Samus Returns, I do kind of want to uh, spin off of that real quick, just just to remind everybody that uh, Metroid Samus Returns was not even announced at E3. It was announced on Nintendo, Nintendo's Treehouse Nintendo Treehouse's live stream. So, oh, I didn't remember that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I just wanted to kind of remind everybody listening that you know that's something to be cognizant of as we go into E3 this year um, that, you know, be sure to watch Nintendo's uh, Treehouse live stream because I'm sure they're going to be dropping uh, some new releases there that weren't part of their uh, proper presentation. So, yeah, really looking forward Great to see call. what they do with that. Um, and one way out there, um, I think continuing on with the Metroid thing, like because you know, I'm not convinced this is going to happen, but I think it'd be cool if it did. If we get a Metroid Prime trilo- trilogy uh, port or remaster on uh, on Switch, leading up to four, yeah, yeah, or even a Wii Virtual Console like you had on Wii U would be great. That that yeah, that yeah. I you know at this point I'm not. I've heard so much back and forth about you know on different people thinking on whether whether or not virtual console is actually going to come or not, and I'm yeah. I'm staying out of the discussion. I'm just going to wait and see what happens at this point because I, I don't know. As much as I want it to happen, I'm worried in the back of my mind that it's not going to, and I just I just don't even want to talk about it. I just want to wait and see if it happens. <laughs> at this yeah, point. no, I agree. It's better to not get your hopes up. Yeah. All right, cool. And then uh, another question uh, also came from Jonathan, and uh, n- another uh, another reader, Stephen, also kind of chimed in with a similar question, so I kind of grouped them together. Um, so they ask, with all signs pointing to Smash on Switch being a new entry, who would you like to see as DLC that hasn't made an appearance yet? So I know we kind of touched on that a little bit with your uh, one of your predictions, and that Spiral will be coming to coming to Switch. But uh, what, what are some? Uh, I don't know. Let's say one or one or two other characters that you'd like to see as DLC that haven't haven't uh, we haven't seen yet. And smash. Hmm. Um, one that that I kind of said that I think is going to happen, but now I'm a little 
worried about. I, I feel like it's still going to happen. Maybe we'll see. I personally think that uh, Solaire from Dark Souls Ooh. is going to be in the new Smash Bros. game. Um, I know. I don't know whether uh, Bandai Namco is involved in the development of the new Smash Brothers game, but they right. were uh, involved with the development of the Wii U game. And as a result, we got Pac-Man, we got... Was that the only Namco character? I don't know. But I know we got some Namco characters. So I feel like that wouldn't be too crazy to have um, another Bandai Namco character. Uh, Since we're getting the Solaire Amiibo, um, since we are getting Dark Souls on Switch, um, obviously that got delayed. uh, But I think... I think that's a pretty safe bet. I can honestly even see the the trailer in my head where uh, where we fit trainer is you know saying something to the effect of you know salute the sun and then all of a sudden because you know, the the trademark phrase you know when I think it was her uh, neutral B move uh, was you know you could charge up and then fire the the solar blast and she'd say salute the sun um, then you have Solaire come out and you know praise the sun. Um, it, it just has a uh, quirky smash trailer written all over it. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think that one's happening. Um, I would like crash. Um, I don't know whether it'll happen. Um, but that one, that one, everyone's kind of predicting. Um, yeah. but I don't know. What are your thoughts? So, this might be considered cheating a little bit because technically we have seen this character in Smash before, but it, it's it's been a while, and he technically wasn't part of a D, you know any DLC release. I just want Wolf back so yes. badly. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! Like Wolf, Wolf was absolutely absolutely my main in Brawl, and uh, when he didn't return in Smash Four, I was actually really surprised because I thought he was going to be a, a a returning kind of staple uh, of the series. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a Wolf comeback because he. Uh, I don't know. I always I always liked Fox and Falco, but I just liked you know Wolf just being you know slower and weightier and just had more more oomph to his to his attack. So I really like that. Um, right. So yeah, that that's one, and I think probably the biggest one for me, and I think this this is uh, the one character I I voted for in the uh, the Smash ballot um, was uh, Cloud from Golden Sun. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I am such a huge Golden Sun fan. I love that series. It is one of my favorite RPG series of all time. And he's been an assist trophy, but I think he just needs to be his own his own character. Like he could, uh, it's just so perfect. The uh, the uh, whatever oh, wait, you call you the said cloud. You mean you mean Isaac, right? Isaac. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac. We got Isaac cloud will... already, Nick. Gosh. Yeah. Hey, they both have spiky hair, right? <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. They're, they're kind of the same character. They look similar enough. Uh, yeah, no, Isaac. Um, <laughs> with his, uh, I forget what the. You know, I say I'm such a huge, uh, a big Golden Sun fan, but I can't even remember the the powers they use. The the uh, the science synergy with the, synergy, the hand that's a, that's a, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, th- those those powers just lend themselves so perfectly to Smash. So I th- I think that's. That way he would be a perfect fit. Whether we get him or not, I don't know, but that's that's my hope of someone brand new to the Smash universe we haven't seen yet. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I would just love a new Golden Sun game, period. Um, I feel like so many of those old GBA franchises have just been left dormant. Advance Wars, Golden Sun, like, where are they? I want them back. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, like Isaac, and then you also announce a new Golden Sun game would be incredible. That would be awesome. Because, I mean, so the last Golden so admittedly... Um... I want to get into that, um, but no, the uh, the last Golden Sun game that we saw was uh, forget the title, but it was I remember it was on three D or not three DS, it was just on regular uh, Nintendo DS. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. right, I, think it, I think it took place like however many years after the events of the first, you know the original games. Um, that was great. I yeah. love that game. The whole thing. Um, but hell, even if a new Golden Sun game got, even if a new Golden Sun game rather. Came to even 3ds and not Switch. Like, I would be perfectly content with that. I would I would gladly right. dust off my my dust off and charge my 3ds for a new Golden Sun game. Yeah, can I can I go back and change my one way out there prediction to Mother Three? <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, you know it's bad if fans localize it. And Nintendo just still just sits on it. Yeah. So speaking of GBA games that. Nintendo hasn't touched in years. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, but so yeah, uh, Isaac is a perfect prediction. Yeah, no, I I, I would absolutely love that. Um, awesome. So thank thank you to uh, to our readers for sending in those questions. Uh, definitely keep those coming, and I'll, I'll mention this later in the show. But yeah, again, if you have questions or comments for the show, uh, head over to switchjoy.net slash radio to submit your questions, and we'll read them on the air. Um, okay, finally, to close out our show, we're going to be talking about the new games that are out this week. And um, so we'll just quickly run through this list. Uh, so at retail, we have Donkey Kong Country Crop, Trop, bleh, if I could speak. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is out tomorrow, or like I said, probably by the time this episode goes up, it'll be today. Um, and everything else uh, I'm about to read, I think I'm fairly certain came out today, so the record date of Thursday, so the Thursday is traditionally when the eShop updates, so all of these games should now be out. Uh, we've got Neil Umbra, um, and the, uh, these are all on Switch, uh, just to be sure. Uh, so we've got Neil Umbra, we've got Animal Super Squad, um, and Alex, if, if you've heard of any of these games or want to like speak to them, just stop me as I read through, you know, just you know, go ahead and say what you want. Um, Animal Super Squad, I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Cast of the Seven Godsends. Uh, might just want to avoid that one. Um, so we've got Don't Die, Mr. Robot. We've got Japanese Mahjong. Johnny Turbo's Arcade Sly Spy. And a bunch of Naruto, Naruto games. Uh, so we've got Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 2. Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 Full Burst. And Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Trilogy, which I would venture to guess that's the prior three games combined into one package, but don't quote me on that. Um, it is. It is. And okay. it's actually, the only thing I'll say about that is it's kind of a bummer. As a collector, uh, Japan got a physical release of all three of those games on one cartridge. And everywhere outside of Japan, you cannot get a physical copy of that game. And it's one of those games also that, like there are some Japanese games, like Bayonetta, for example, you take a Japanese cartridge, Put it in North American Switch and it's going to be in full English. Uh, Naruto is not that case. If you get a Japanese cartridge, it's only going to be in Japanese no matter what Switch you put it in. So that's a huge bummer. But, yeah. 
So it sounds like the only way to get these games localized in English would be getting them digitally on the eShop then, which is unfortunate if you're a physical person. Yeah, it is. It is. But, oh, well. Well, I mean, I, I've never played any of those games, but I think they've got quite a bit of a following. So, hey, if that's if those are some games you're into, then definitely go pick those up. Um, and rounding out our uh, Switch release list for this week, we got Perfect Angle, uh, Professional Construction, The Simulation, Skypiece, and Timberman Versus. Um, and then on 3DS, we have 3D Retro Dungeon Puzzle Challenge. And to... Every to I guess everyone's surprised, or maybe nobody's surprised. There's a brand new Wii U game out today, Rainbow Snake. <laughs> Congrats, Wii U. Yeah, you know it's it's weird because I think over the past like two or three weeks, there's just been this slow trickle of one more Wii U game, one more Wii U game. It's like, when is it going to end? <laughs> I don't know. And then when will Nintendo take them off the eShop like they did Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for six hours? Anyway. Yeah, that was a that was a thing that happened that nobody's quite sure why why that happened. I don't know. That was weird, but the thing, um, it's back now. Yeah, so if you if you've been hankering to get uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on your Wii U, you better get it now before it goes down again. Exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, well we've we've been recording for quite some time now, so I think it is uh, we're just about done here. Uh, so let's go ahead and close out the show. Um, before we get into our closing notes, though, Alex, I just wanted to uh, give you a chance to uh, plug your YouTube channel. You know, give you know, give us a little brief description of kind of what that's all about and where we can find you. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, my name is Alex Rigsby. You can find me on YouTube by uh, searching Alex Rigsby, R-I-G-S as in Sam, B as in boy, Y. Or you can uh, use my URL, which is youtube.com slash Alex Riggs the game, all one word. Um, and I just do mostly Nintendo Switch content on there. A few Let's Plays up. I did a Let's Play of Rhyme for Nintendo Switch, uh, also of Gear Club Unlimited. Uh, I do a few one off videos where I talk about some more obscure games for Switch, like Let's Sing 2018. Uh, I do unboxings. Uh, recently did an unboxing of uh, Bayonetta Nonstop Climax Edition, which is the Japanese exclusive uh, collector's edition that comes with the only physical print of Bayonetta 1 in existence. Um, so was really happy to get that this past week. Uh, but yeah, that's mostly what I do. So if you're interested in uh, more Nintendo Switch content, uh, check me out. I'd appreciate it. Awesome. You know, I, I, in fact, before we recorded, I checked out some of your videos. So awesome work. And, you know, definitely uh, going to keep up with a lot of your videos and look forward to seeing what kind of stuff you come up with. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. So that was our show. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, again, if you don't know where to find us, uh, we are a biweekly show. And you can find us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. And, of course, you can find us on our website, switchjoy.net as well as youtube.com slash switchjoy. Um, if you want to be a part of the next show, uh, leave us a comment on any any of the uh, any of the uh, podcast services. Uh, well, I actually can't leave comments on those. Uh, leave a comment on <laughs> our YouTube channel. Um, that you know, I'm going to upload this. So leave a comment there. Leave a comment on our website, switchjoy.net. And, of course, you can always uh, go to switchjoy.net slash radio. Uh, leave us your name and uh, comment or question there, and we'll be sure to read it on the air. 
Um, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes um, and leave us, you know, give us a five star review and leave us, you know, some comments. Let us know what you like, what you like us to uh, change or do differently or keep doing. Um, so yeah, uh, and you can also find us on social media. Um, you can find you can follow Switchjoy on Twitter at Switchjoy, and we're also on Facebook, which should just be Facebook dot com slash Switchjoy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Chevalier. That's N I C K. C-H-E-V-A-L-I-E-R. And where can we find you on Twitter, Alex? Uh, I am twitter.com slash alexrigsthegame, all one word. All right, awesome. That is going to wrap up our show. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Alex. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been great having you. Thanks for having me, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We'll definitely have you on the show again sometime. I'd love that. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener. And we'll see you next time.